Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio. From WDEV, welcome to Vermont Viewpoint. I'm Kevin Ellis. Thanks for joining us. It's Friday, February 23rd, and we are glad to have you along for our regular journey through all things politics and culture in Vermont and the nation and a review of the week's top stories. Today on the show, we begin our examination of town meeting in Vermont, its present and its future. The author of a book about democracy joins us to break it all down because there are lots of questions about how town meeting works and what the future holds for this ancient Vermont institution. We also review the week's national news with former congressman and political analyst Bob Nay, which we do every Friday. That means Congress and budget standoffs, Joe Biden, Israel, Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders, and who knows what else. Uh, We'll get to all of that with Bob at 10 o'clock. And at 10.15, we're going to talk to Courtney Lambden, the Burlington reporter for seven days. There is a mayoral election in Burlington pitting a Sanders-like progressive against a moderate-style Democrat. Voters go to the polls on town meeting day to elect the first female mayor in the city's history. We'll talk to Courtney about that. Uh, We have had both of those uh, candidates on the show, Joan Shannon, uh, has been on my show and a couple of others. And uh, Emma Mulvaney Stanek has been on my show as well. Uh, and at 10.30, Thomas Christopher Green, the Montpelier novelist, joins us to discuss his new book, a collection of nonfiction stories basically written on Facebook during the pandemic. The book is out this week, and we'll talk about it with the man we just called Tom on the streets of Montpelier. All of that and more today on Vermont Viewpoint. We are glad you are along. And we would like to hear from you. The number to call is 244-1777. You can email me at vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com. Just a note, I want you to know I read every email and I respond to everyone. But first, our Friday essay. Who is the most influential public voice in American media today? Many in our audience, including me, remember Walter Cronkite, John Chancellor, Peter Jennings, McNeil Lehrer, Judy Woodruff, all the people you went to for reliable information you could trust as non-packaged, mostly fact-based, and with little political agenda. Well, the Internet has destroyed that old system, and it is never coming back. Nightly news on the three networks is fighting for its life. Over on cable, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and a bunch of others are fighting for a shrinking share of the cable audience as smart viewers and listeners cut that cord and go back to uh, Internet-based platforms. In this environment, where do people get their news? Where do people get informed so they can participate in a democracy? The New York Times, The Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, The Economist, NPR, The New Yorker, Atlantic, ABC, NBC, Fox News, Newsmax, and all manner of digital outlets that I read, from Vermont Digger to Puck, the Texas Tribune, Punchbowl News, not to mention Twitter, 
Snap, Instagram, and Facebook, and also, of course, YouTube. But I have to say, I don't know anyone in my children's age group, call it the high 20s and, you know, their 30s, basically. You know, the people who are inheriting this country and will be the stewards of this democracy. I don't know one of them that reads any of the publications that I listed above. You know who they follow? John Stewart. Yeah, that guy. For 16 years, John Stewart hosted the Daily Show on a cable channel called Comedy Central. He was surrounded by other shows like Talking Puppets and other other silly things. But he set the tone and the agenda for 16 years for much of our political discussion. And then he left for time off, and then he came back with a podcast and an online show called The Problem with Jon Stewart. And now as we head into the presidential campaign, Stewart is back at The Daily Show, Mondays only, with a larger audience than ever. The second episode of The Daily Show featuring the the revered comedian back at the desk averaged 1.3 million viewers on Comedy Central, the program's highest viewership since Stewart left the show in 2015. Stewart's power is not limited to TV, as I've been discovering. The YouTube clip of his segment calling out Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin amassed nearly 5 million views on YouTube in its first 24 hours, a record for the show. I got to say, it was all over my my various platforms in my computer and on my phone. Clips of the segment have raked in more than 10 million views across different social platforms. What's great about Stuart is that he is an equal opportunity critic of both parties, of the media, and the all the actors in our democratic drama, especially when it comes to hypocrisy that so often dominates the entire enterprise. In his first episode back, it was Joe Biden's age. How was it that an 80-plus man could be running, who had, who had promised to be a transitional figure, could be running for re-election, especially when during uh, being interviewed by the special counsel investigating his use of national security documents, he could not remember all sorts of basic uh, dates in his life. Uh, Stewart also didn't mince words about the erratic behavior of Donald Trump, showing how the former president couldn't remember basic things during court depositions, like how long he was married to one of his wives or whether he had bragged about how great his memory was. The Biden White House was enraged by Stewart's criticism of the president and sent all sorts of third party surrogates out on the airwaves to criticize Stewart for being unfair to Biden and say how they had been in meetings with Biden and he is as sharp as ever. They criticized Stewart for even bringing up the issue, but Stewart insisted Biden supporters need to do a better job showing the current president is as vital and effective as they say he is. If he's that sharp, Stewart says, why don't you tell us or at least show us instead of some packaged clip of Biden riding a bike. It's the candidate's job to assuage our concerns, Stewart said in a 20-minute segment, which is incredibly long for television, that kicked off a recent program. Not the voter's job to mention them. 
In his first 16 years hosting The Daily Show, Stewart elevated the program into, the, into an incisive look at the hypocrisies of media, politics, and society. And now with the help of YouTube and TikTok and all manner of other platforms, Stewart's unique combination of agenda-setting comedy and commentary and interviews of smart people will set the agenda for the coming presidential campaign, at least for those not pining for Uncle Walter Cronkite. And that's a lot of people. Coming up, our version of democracy, town meeting. It's coming up, as always, the first Tuesday in March. And it is, in some ways, kind of the John Stewart of Vermont. It sets the agenda for our school budgets and our school boards and our discussions around town. But there are questions about town meeting's future, and we'll address it all with Vermont's expert on the institution, author Susan Clark. Back in a minute. It's Vermont Viewpoint, and you're listening to WDEV. Welcome back to Vermont Viewpoint. I'm Kevin Ellis. Coming up on Tuesday, March 5th, is Vermont's town meeting, a long tradition where townspeople gather in the halls and gymnasiums to discuss everything under the sun. If you ever wanted to know more about town meeting, you called Frank Bryan at the University of Vermont. And if Frank wasn't around, you called attorney Paul Gillis, who I believe is a guest on another BT Viewpoint this week. But Frank is long retired, and there's a great new voice on the block about town meeting, and she's actually been under our noses for a long time. Susan Clark is the author of Slow Democracy, the co-author of Slow Democracy, a book that talks about local democracy across the U.S. and all those in favor with Frank Bryan a book about Vermont town meetings. She's an educator and trainer, and she serves as the town moderator of Middlesex. And last year, she collaborated on a democracy comic book with the Secretary of State called Freedom and Unity, a graphic guide to civics and democracy in Vermont. Susan Clark, welcome to the show. Oh, so happy to be here, Kevin. So... Let's, why don't we take a step back and start from the beginning? Let's just take it from the start and say, what is town meeting? Tell us. Um, I've been to, let's see, I've lived in five towns in this state. So I've been to five different kinds of town meetings. And then as a reporter, I went to all sorts of other kinds of town meetings. But tell us the basics. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, it, well, town meeting only exists in New England uh, when America kind of, you know, went west Um uh, into those broader spaces, we didn't bring town meeting with us, um, <clears throat> largely because of the the, the um, landscape. You know, it, uh, town meeting works best in a in the hills and valleys kind of New England uh, setting where um, there are lots of small communities. But um, <clears throat> town meeting is basically, if you if you think about government and you think about, uh, let's see, what are they learn? The executive branch, the legislative branch, right? Um, in a town, the uh, the executive branch is the select board. Um, so, like at the, at the national level, that's the president, and then they have Congress as the legislative branch. So, at the state level, you have the governor as the executive, and the legislature as the legislative branch. Down at the town level, the select board is your executive, and the legislative branch is all of us who attend town meeting. So uh, on issues of finance and governance, um, uh, you know, it's, it's very different from a, a town hall meeting, you know, that term that you hear sometimes where, you know, those media events where a politician, you know, sits on a stool and rolls up their sleeves. Oh, that must be a town hall. You know, these are 
town meetings, New England town meeting is, is, is direct, deliberative democracy. And, and that means when you walk in, you are the government. You aren't electing, you know, other people to govern for you. Um, so, um, you know, we have extraordinary power. We decide on our budgets, on our spending. We can amend from the floor. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, government is a we, uh, not a they. Um, and, uh, you know, we only have power over very local issues, our, our, our town budget, our roads, um, discretionary funding, uh, certain governance policies. But um, that power is real and our decisions are binding. Now, uh, in in many towns, the, the the town meeting can be held anywhere. It's determined by the town fathers and mothers or the voters. Uh, they take place in gymnasiums, in uh, elementary schools, in the town hall themselves, uh, all manner of places, right? Yes. Yep. It, it can can be any place um, that is you know accessible and and and. Uh, and of course, there are they take all shapes and forms. There are also um, different towns do it in different ways. There are three, basically three buckets of things we can do at a town meeting. We we can elect our officers. Um, we can uh, decide on the budget and money issues, um, and then uh, we can also vote on what, what we call public questions. I mean, that's uh, that's sort of governance issues. Should we elect or appoint the road commissioner? Um, you know, uh, those those kinds of things. And um, a town can choose to do any combination of these um, right on the floor, uh, like a traditional town meeting, or they could choose to do one or all of them um, by what what we call, in in Vermont we call it Australian ballot. Everybody else in the world calls it ballot, (laughs) basically a pre-printed paper ballot that's awarded 40 days in advance. So some towns have switched um, to using um, uh, a ballot to decide some of these issues. Like in my town of Middlesex, we elect all of our officers by ballot, um, and then we come together in the meeting to um, discuss and vote on the budget and and on public questions. Um, So there's there's a mix and match. Um, And if your town... um, does things by Australian ballots, some things, all things, um, <clears throat> then there is what they call an informational meeting um, or an informational hearing um, or sometime around 10 days uh, before, within 10 days before a town meeting. Um, and, um, you know, those meetings are uh, – uh, there's no power at those meetings. They're a public hearing, right? Which means you can listen, you can talk, um, but you can't amend and there is no voting. Um, and it's certainly a good idea to, to participate in those because you'll be a better informed person when you uh, when you vote by ballot. But I have to tell you, Kevin, they, they often aren't very well attended because, because uh, as Frank Bryan's research showed very clearly, um, we uh, we really value coming together when when it's worth our time uh, and when uh, you know when there's when there's power in the meeting. But when there isn't power in the meeting, um, <laughs> frankly, Vermonters have, have better things to do. Okay, so uh, before we get to some of those more nuanced questions, I want to ask you this: something I've always wondered, which is, there's a town meeting. And then, at least in Stratford and, oh, maybe in Underhill when I lived there, you took a break for lunch, and it was the best lunch of the year, uh, kind of a <laughs> giant potluck. And then um, then you would do the school meeting and vote, uh, debate and vote on the school budget. Can you d- Does that happen in every town, or was that just the towns I lived in? 
No, um, it well, it used to happen um, in in uh, every any town that had um, a school, it would happen, um, and it, it is really interesting um, because um, it's it, if you have if it's if it's one town one school, um, then um, the the uh, governing body um, of both of those institutions is the, is the same. Well, there's the school board for the school, the select board for the for the town. And then the legislative, you know, branch that I'm talking about um, is the is the people who come to that meeting in both cases. But they but they can be, they're different. One is governing one body, one is governing the other body. So you have to elect a, a, a different moderator. Might be the same moderator, but you have to do the election again. It's a whole other meeting. Um, what happened, Kevin, is that with Act 46, which is the uh, the school merger um, bill that passed in in 2015. Um, it was really a governance merger. The point of that bill was to get lots of schools um, being governed under the same uh, governance uh, structure. So it, it got rid of um, quite a few, I, I think up to two-thirds of the uh, of the school boards in the state, um, and it merged them. Um, and uh, so if you're in a – suddenly, you know, you go from a, 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 you know, a, a, a school meeting that's the size of a town – um, to a five-town or six-town um, uh, amalgamation of uh, governance, that becomes a really different beast, and um, most of those places just switched to ballot. Got it. Okay. So now let's talk about the the kind of how town meeting exists today. Uh, my children will tell you that uh, back in the days when we lived in the town of Washington. Uh, I used to force my four children to come to town meeting with me, and they thank me today. But boy, they weren't happy about it back then. Um, yeah, I was going to say, good for you, Kevin. Good for you for doing that. And yes, they probably <laughs> were really bored. But I'll tell you, you know, in in the research that I did with with, with Frank Bryan, I went to some of the high participation towns um, and and asked people, you know, what made their town meeting vibrant and what made them come. And so many people that I interviewed mentioned having attended town meeting as a child. And, you know, they said, I didn't know what was going on. You know, I, I didn't know what the issues were, but, but I, I, it was kind of interesting. You know, like I, what you would watch, you'd watch grownups, they'd sass each other, and then they'd sit down afterwards and, and have pie. And that, in their minds, became what democracy was. It was a time to come together to hash things out and then, uh, you know, shake hands and, and break bread. And so I, good for you for bringing your kids. Well, and, and of course, there is a, a very interesting kind of cultural structure to town meeting. There is, you know, I'll stereotype here, but, you know, there's the, the fire chief is there, the select board is there, the school board is there, the moderator is moderating. Uh, there's a couple of guys in the back room with their arms folded who are looking for ways to vote against the budget. Um, there, there's the liberals who want to who want to raise the tax to pay for more supplies for schools, um, and there, there's the talkers and the non-talkers. You know, there's always people raising their hand to make motions and do things, and then there's the people who just say stay silent. Do, do you? How, does that structure ring a bell for you? Oh wow, that's I mean that's poetry. That is it. You just named the. Uh... You just named it. Um, the the yes to everything, and I would add, um, and this is something I can say as a moderator, um, 
standing up in the front of the room and seeing all of that, the other thing that you sense in the room as um, the conversation goes along is, um, uh, in addition to a lot of talking, you, you see that people are listening. Um, because the, at the scale of Vermont's towns, I mean, we we are have some of the smallest um, sort of living uh, situations in the nation. Vermont is uh, the most rural state in in uh, in the United States, which means that the most uh, this is the most recent census. Most of us, sixty five percent of us, live in towns of under twenty five hundred. And so what that means is that you're in that room with your neighbors. These are the ones who, when you're, you're driving along the road and your, your car goes off the road into a ditch, they're the ones who are going to pull you out. Um, and um, so we, we, we listen to each other at a town meeting in a, in a different way from, from sort of any other venue, especially because um, we could change each other's mind and that could change the outcome of the meeting in a binding way. Um, and so you can watch people, you know, kind of, who, who am I hearing? Oh, that, that person, like you said, the guy in the back of the room with his arms crossed, this time he said something. He just said a few words, but uh, <clears throat> it, it opened up the eyes of, um, you know, maybe some of the newer people in town as to what the story was behind that article or what, the, um, what it felt like to be asked to do that kind of spending. And it, it humanizes um, and um, and really brings home um, the, the 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 gravity and meaning of of these democratic acts in a way that uh, it's very unusual. When people move to Vermont from other places, um, it's one of the things they comment on is how different it is. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, one of the things I like about your writing about town meeting is that. You you write about it in a kind of a reality way, as opposed to uh, the the stereotypes and the gauzy images of uh, Norman Rockwell's famous painting, which, by the way, I love. Um, but you know, there's a reality to town meeting that you know it it, it really is real. You really do vote. You really do do the things that you just said. It's not just something that appears in some fictional novel or in a painting you know what i'm getting at mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I definitely agree and and you know that means that sometimes um it can be boring <laughs> you know yeah. people kind of we we hear about town meeting being you know oh like oh it's this beautiful thing you know and and it, 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 you, you kind of have to it's a there's a different pace to it and you know what that reminds me of wdev in general there's a different pace um, and uh, that, that's that's very real and um, is kind of place-based. And um, the, I don't know, the word community has the word common in it. There's, a, there's something common we, we share together when we are in one place together, going at the pace of... The pace of trust to the pace of um, a, uh, you know, we use Robert's Rules of Order, which is a, a, a something that the moderators um, uh, are trained to do in order to make sure that we, all the voices get heard, um, which sometimes means you have to say, hear the same opinion twice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Susan, uh, what is the state of town meeting at, at a, right now at a 30,000 foot level in your opinion? 
Yeah. Um, well, it's different in the different New England states, but I'll just talk about uh, Vermont um, and um, start with the basics, attendance. Um, and, you know, no real surprises here. I think you've, everybody has heard town meetings are struggling a bit. Um, in 2005, when we came out with um, all those in favor the, in the first edition, the 30-year average attendance was 20.5%. That's how many people would uh, in a town would go to town meeting, but the attendance has been declining. Um, I think uh, Frank Bryan's most recent average before he retired was down to 11%, um, uh, although significantly higher in smaller towns um, than in bigger towns, which we, I, I can tell you about in a minute. But um, I think when we think about those numbers, we might think, oh, my gosh, <laughs> 11% of voters deciding for 100% of the town, this is terrible. Um, we have to keep these numbers in perspective um, because we're voting on very local issues. You know, at a town meeting, we're voting on town issues. And across the United States, when we ask people to vote by ballot, because uh, that's where that's how we do it across the United States, by vote by ballot, which is easier, of course, um, on local issues, um, it's rarely, the turnout is rarely higher than 25%, and you can even struggle to get out of the single digits. And, you know, in Vermont, the average Australian ballot voting on town meeting day um, last year in 2023 was 19.6%. Um, so... Um, so we have to keep the, keep the numbers in perspective in terms of, uh, you know, what 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 do we expect people to to uh, to do? So, um, you know, that's that's one of the the key issues uh, in terms of attendance. Um, and I think one of Frank Bryan's most um, surprising and imp uh, important in many ways findings uh, after collecting data for 30 years from thousands of town meetings um, was that he expected. Um, that they would kind of act the way America's uh, uh, political system acts, which is that um, it's skewed, I mean, by uh, education, socioeconomics, race. I mean, all of those factors impact whether we vote. Um, so basically, the whiter you are and the, the farther you've gotten in, in formal education and the richer you are, uh, to, to, to a degree, those things all impact um, whether you're going to cast a ballot or not. And, and he thought, oh, you know, it's probably going to be the same with town meeting. But in fact, no, he could find no uh, correlation between a town's socioeconomic, uh, you know, uh, indicators like like income and education, um, and you know, what what do you do for a living, um, and whether they got good participation at town meeting. So very interesting that. There's something about coming together and with our neighbors and, and telling our stories that actually uh, <laughs> democratizes democracy in, in an important way. Well, and and I would think that the pandemic really threw a wrench into all of that. Uh, are we fully recovered, in your view, from the pandemic as it as town meeting goes, or not? No, that's a that's a really good question. Um, so what we saw during the pandemic, um, uh, towns by and large um, used the emergency legislation that was passed um, to have their town meetings uh, switched to ballot just temporarily um, because we couldn't meet in person. Um, and um, what towns saw um, was that the number of people who participated went up. Um, and that was absolutely no surprise to anybody who's been, you know, we, we've known for many decades that it's easier to cast a ballot than to attend a meeting. And th those numbers were, were likely to go up. 
we are seeing towns now that are going, oh, I didn't realize, you know, that, that our participation was going to maybe double, you know, or, or more, uh, especially if they mailed the ballot. Um, and so some towns have uh, voted to switch um, away from uh, from their floor meeting to, to ballot voting just on that one that one data point, um, which is the sort of um, you know number of people um, participating. Um, again, probably kind of making the assumption that if people weren't attending the meeting, it was because they couldn't. Um, which is we, we've got pretty good data to show that that's. That's not actually probably what it was. It was that they chose not to. Um, but uh, really, the the question is, um, uh, how do how do you weigh um, these two good things? And one of them is the quantity of people who participate in a democracy. We want lots of people, you know. So democratic quantity, and then also, you know, what I might call democratic quality. Um, which is to say, what is it like to participate in a democracy? Is it, um, do I, am, am, am my full self able to come forward? You know, am I, am I is it, is it a kind of a, just a thin experience of going into a private little booth and checking a box versus coming together with my neighbors and actually be having the power to, you know, um, amend, uh, being able to listen and hear and, uh, and change things. And so both of those things are good. I think towns do want both of those things. And um, I think the COVID uh, experience kind of gave us um, a wake-up call to to address some of those issues more head-on. So you talked about the Australian ballot, which is you go into the booth and check a box on a piece of paper, and then you can leave and not stay for the meeting. And there are those who would say we should go to Australian ballot across the board. And I assume you are opposed to that. Let's talk about, let's talk about that. That would all Australian ballot would, it would do away with in-person town meeting, right? Yes. Yeah. There would still be an informational meeting. Um, but um, as I said, they're pretty well, uh, pretty, pretty much not very well attended. Um, and um, so, yeah, uh, and when we switch to Australian ballot, um, it, it means that those items are not going to be uh, discussed at, at uh, well, you, you can't amend it. They really aren't part of town meeting. Um, and when, when we switch to just electing officers, um, I'm going to be honest, I, I think that that kind of, in a way, makes sense in that um, – uh, electing officers is not a thing that that you can amend. <laughs> if Kevin Ellis is, is running for office, I'm like, oh, I move to amend Kevin Ellis. You know, I mean, it's like you get you just get Kevin or you don't get Kevin. You know, um, but um, whereas a budget can be tweaked, um, and uh, so electing officers uh, by by Australian ballot allows a town to basically kind of have. Um, a hybrid government. You have half of your government, the executive branch. Um, have, everybody can have access to that decision by ballot. And then you retain those quality uh, uh, <clears throat> elements, um, that the, the deliberative part, um, the part where you get to talk and chew on things um, uh, for the floor. Um, if a town is going to um, stick with town meeting, we need to think about how we can um, increase the quantity of people participate who who participate, and if, and if a town is going to switch to Australian ballot, um, they really need to think very very hard about what they're going to do to keep the the quality uh, uh, advantages. Um, so, 
You know, Duxbury's, the town of Duxbury just is experimenting with the, they, they um, switched to Australian ballot um, due to all of the COVID things we just talked about. Uh, there were a lot of people who were very concerned that they were going to lose um, their, uh, that, that, that conversation, that connection, um, that richness of community. Um, and so they initiated a, a thing where they have um, what they call Citizen Have Your Say Day uh, in January. Um, and <laughs> if you think about it, guess what? The, the budget hasn't been finalized. The, uh, you know, the warning, the agenda for the meeting hasn't been finalized yet. Um, but this is a big event. They have pie. <laughs> they have displays from other uh, parts of um, you know, all the, all the different organizations in town. Um, so they, they work very, very hard to get people into that room. And um, there is the opportunity to um, at least influence um, the uh, ask, ask penetrating questions about, you know, why the budget is uh, proposed uh, as such as it is. And the select board is held accountable uh, in the same way that the select board is held accountable at, at town meeting. That's a tweak. Um, and I think that we have reached the point in our democratic process that we need to be thinking about what is the right balance between quantity and quality. And uh, I'll reiterate, smaller towns, town meeting works quite well, quite well. Uh, it, you know, the, in, I've, I've been working with Peachman Crafts very lately, uh, and, you know, Peachman actually gets better participation at its town meeting than – uh, than than the statewide average for ballot voting, so um, they you know they're doing great, and they are looking at their own. They're like, okay, well, sure, we're doing great, but we could be doing better. Um, you know, should we be looking at um, uh, you know the size of our select board? Should we be looking at the time of our meeting, at the at the date of our meeting, to see if there are things we can tweak to get uh, you know better participation. Um, it's just like your washing machine comes yeah, out here. There's manual in your car. You know, why not your town? You know, and and explain things so that so that things can be more transparent. So there's a town that's really taking uh, its its responsibility seriously, and that's what I, I think. This is the moment when we can really be doing that. It's exciting. Susan, do you think do you favor uh, making town meeting a like a state holiday, for example? Oh, I love the idea of a of a democracy day when we all uh, get together uh, in person and really celebrate. Set aside our other things and celebrate it. Um, it's um, it, it's something that we actually approached the legislature about years ago. Um, and you know, town meeting is a state holiday in the sense that if you work for the state, you get it off, or if you work for a, a, a you know a, a bank or something that uses the state holiday system. But um, uh, it's not when, when we asked, could we um, make it, you know, mandatory for everybody to, to, to get a, you know, a paid day off um, business communities pushed back and said, you know, why are we balancing democracy on the backs of the small businesses? So you, you get it. There's, there's, there's a tension there. Um, and so we each need to make our own decision about how we use our time. I, I, yes, I would love it if we would all, uh, you know, just, Put down our pencils and go and give democracy some, you know, a little bit of love here. It's once a year. You've known for about 250 years which date it's going to be on. <laughs> so you should be able right. to plan ahead. Um, and what we see, what all the data shows, Kevin, is that if there's something really hot on the warnings, if they're going to 
you know, put a wind turbine in your backyard, all of a sudden town meeting participation, you know, zooms up to 65% or, or, or 85%. You know, everybody comes and it's like, oh, it turns out they could come. It turns out they did have time. <laughs> um, so how important is it to you? Yeah, and there, there's all sorts of other issues uh, in addition to you can't get the time off uh, or you don't want to take the time. There's child care. There's, there's, and then there's the, the big bugaboo in my mind, which is a, a general loss of faith in government in general and government institutions. And I, I want to switch to that if I can. You're the sure. author of a book called Slow Democracy. Um, maybe you could talk to us about that, and then I want to ask you about sort of where we are nationally when it comes to the democracy. But tell us about the book, Slow Democracy. What were you trying to achieve there? Sure. Yeah. Well, slow democracy doesn't mean everything needs to uh, take longer. <laughs> um, it's kind of, it's, it's along the lines of the, the, the slow food movement, which is sort of in reaction to fast food. Uh, you know, a, a good McDonald's hamburger is great every once in a while, but if we, um, if, if, if that's the only thing we consume all the time, um, it's a, uh, we're, we're not going to be very well nourished. And it's the same sort of metaphor with democracy. If we're always looking for quick, efficient, um, uh, you know, decisions where we don't actually know where they came from, <laughs> um, what are the sources of those decisions, um, we're going to have a really um, flabby democracy. Um, that is not healthy, doesn't have oxygen and blood coursing through it. We, we want a, a healthy democracy, and, and that's what we mean when we talk about slow democracy. We, we're talking about local democracy that um, is inclusive. Everybody uh, uh, is invited in, that it's, uh, you know, I use the, that word deliberative. It means, it means we're, we're talking together and, and really weighing the pros and cons of things, not just a debate, but it's like not, you know, Oh, A versus B, let's fight. You know, it's like, let's co-create C. Let's do it together, you know. That's deliberation. Um, and then power, uh, a, a meaningful way to make a difference. N none of us has time for meetings where we can't make a difference. So make democracy worth our time. And And do you think that, I mean, we all now take it for granted that there is an enormous loss of faith in government institutions, that we are tribalized, that, uh, you know, there's all of us over here on the left and all of us over here on the right, um, and that we're not listening to each other and we're watching our favorite cable TV news to affirm our own beliefs. Is there a way back from this? I mean, you have spent a long time thinking, writing, and talking about this issue. Is there a way back from this tribalism so that we can kind of retake the democracy, all of us? Yeah, it's a great question, Kevin, and I do think about it all the time. Um, one of the important uh, rays of hope that I see again and again in our little brave little state of Vermont um, is scale, is the fact that we make decisions on a local business, on, on key things. And, you know, they're not, they're not bazillion-dollar decisions. They're not internationally impactful, but they matter very much to us. How, what, how my roads work matter to me every single day. Um, and so that idea that we um, are making um, decisions about our local commons together, our, our community together, my little town, um, is a way that I can see my neighbor, regardless of which bond sign, you know, they have on their front lawn or whatever, um, 
all of a sudden we can, even if we're maybe politically different, we can have a, a common goal of um, of uh, making sure the roads are possible and making sure that my taxes are affordable. Um, so really balancing some of those some of those uh, some of those issues. And I, I really I think that there we have to remember when we're listening to the national news or watching those news feeds that you're talking about that when we're polarized we are easier to manipulate. The more my fear strings, you know, the strings in my heart that make me go, ah, um, the more I'm, I'm in that space of, of being triggered and, and, and afraid, um, the less my brain is able to take in new information and actually um, imagine new solutions. And so I would urge everybody to kind of put down those, if, if you've got a news feed or a radio station uh, other than other than DEV <laughs> that's, uh, that's making you um, angry, um, there's a pretty good chance um, that you're not seeing the whole picture and you might want to try listening to, to, uh, to more sides um, and that's, that's, you know, that's what we do at town meeting on very, very local issues, and it, it really humanizes us. Okay. In the few minutes we have left, let's have some, let's have some fun. Uh, do you have a favorite moment at your town meeting as in your history as moderator? Crazy or uncrazy? Uh, <laughs> anything that stands out? Well, I really love our um, the, the civil invocation that we do at the very beginning of the meeting, and you know it's not crazy. Um, it is um, uh, we all we always have generally have a young person do it, so um, a brand new voter or somebody who's about to become a brand new voter, reading a welcome statement. And um, I just I see people just kind of their eyes get a little misty, you know, when we hear youth, uh, you know, kind of imploring us to get. Uh, uh, to get real with each other. Um, and um, I see uh, this around in different towns. They do it differently. Um, you know, it, sometimes they'll, they'll have uh, kids come in and sing the state song. I will give you the the uh, brand new news flash that in Bethel, uh, there are going to be grades two through five cheerleaders at the town meeting this year, cheering on the voters um, as they as they do their deliberative work and also um, um, uh, vote on the, uh, the presidential primary. So can you imagine this little little cheer team uh, um, in there making up their cheers for for democracy? The Bethel, uh, the Wildcats. Wow. Well, I was in Stratford once asked to, if I would consider to be a moderator, and I was so terrified of that job that I, I said, absolutely not. There's no way that I can do this. It's not an easy job. Tell us what it's like for you uh, in the next 30 seconds or so. Kevin, you're way too opinionated to be a moderator. <laughs> a moderator can't have opinions. The only opinion you can have is uh, let's make sure everybody gets a chance to speak. So you're, you know, you're part host and 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 welcoming people. You're, you're there's there's this wonky side where you have to know Robert's rules and really understand the process. Otherwise, you could have an illegal meeting and have to do it all over again. And you know, there's a little bit of bar bouncer in there as well. You know, you really have to right. be firm. Um, but um, it's uh, quite a it's quite a, a, an experience, um, really, and a, and a big responsibility. So um, keep an eye on your moderator and make sure they do a good job. Okay. Well, Susan Clark, you're great to join us uh, to talk about town meeting. We're going to stay on this issue for a, a lot of shows going forward before a, a week from Tuesday. Thanks for joining us. 
Thanks for having me, Kevin. Susan Clark, uh, the author of many books about democracy and town meetings. She's the expert, and she's the moderator in Middlesex. It's Kevin Ellis. It's Vermont Viewpoint, and it's WDEV. 